how many kids do you have, mate? Me? Three. Boys, girls? Three girls, man. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's run it. Right. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Real Dad Movement Podcast. Uh, this is Big Red, and I've got with me Travis Stetzel, a World Games CrossFit athlete and father of three, as we just said, then three girls. I thought I had a rough man. This guy's got three daughters. I've only got two, but uh, nah, it's, I'm sure it's, uh, it's all worth it. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, bro. Uh, mate, it's a um, pleasure having you. The time difference seems to have worked out all right, mate. Yep. Yes, but uh, look, it's it's pretty phenomenal, mate, with some of the background info. And we've known each other for a little while now, but some of the background that you've sent me just to catch up on a few things and your story, mate, and coming seventh. Let's let's start there first. We've got a few, few CrossFitters that obviously I work with in my gym, but I'd love to start with... What was it like, man, going to the CrossFit Games in the Masters and competing and coming seventh? It was uh, it was a surreal uh, experience, man. I mean, you see that right there. That that's like the uh, the outfit they gave us, which was really, really. Uh, I I can't even explain that part of it. Like everybody got to walk out a part of their country, and so it kind of made you feel like you're in the Olympics or something. But, uh, I mean, it was, it was amazing, man. Like I've been crossfitting since 2011 was the first year I made regionals. And, uh, you know, obviously you get that first taste and you're like, I want to make it to the games. And that year I was actually pretty close. I got eighth, um, in regionals that year they talked to, they took the top three back then and then they changed it to the top five and, you know, now the sanctionals and all that stuff. So, but yeah, man, it was a, it was a dream come true. I busted my freaking ass and, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was amazing. It was a good time. And to come seventh, what, uh, what were some of the events that you did, mate? And just touching quickly on some of the other athletes you competed with and against and the whole, yeah. the whole sort of atmosphere. So interesting story, like Kyle Kasperbauer, he's been back to back, uh, master's champion for the last two years. Him and I, we used to train together all the time. And in fact, Cause he's, he's from Omaha. So same, same place as me. And, uh, 2013, 14, we started training together quite a bit. I actually trained with him getting prepared, getting him prepared for the CrossFit games in 2014, which was an interesting summer. I think my wife wanted to break up with me at the time because I was like training full time with Kyle. And, um, but no, it's always fun competing with him. And then, then there's actually another guy, uh, from Nebraska, Phil Kniep, who uh, he he ended up getting fifth last year. So as Kyle got first, uh, Phil got fifth, and then I got seventh. And so, I mean, we definitely have something over here in the water here in Nebraska. But, um, no, it was, it was a great time. And what I found that was, you know, pretty special was I started talking to the other guys and – they were dads, their dads had families. And so we started talking about, you know, kind of their journey, getting to the games and how much of a, you know, actual, you know, struggle it was, I mean, balancing family, but a lot of them had businesses like CrossFit gyms and stuff like that. So it was very um, interesting to be, you know, in that realm with a lot of other guys that were, you know, making those sacrifices too. But um, mm. it was fun. Uh, events wise, uh, the events were good. Uh, the first one, uh, which I, I, I'll, I'll always remember this one because you're kind of sizing everybody up and you're like, ah, oh, how's this guy going to do? And it was the, uh, is the battleground. 
And so for the, for the masters, they had us run like 500 yards first and then you go through the battleground and uh, then you finish. And I, I got second in that event. I would have beat Kyle. I would have beat Kyle, but I messed up. So I came over the cargo net, came under these, uh, these uh, like you crawl through the sand under, under some other netting. Mm. And it was the easiest, it was the easiest obstacle within it. It was just these, uh, the, uh, the steps that you had to run over, but you could only have one guy on the steps at once. And so I was running straight forward and the guy on the steps, he like fell off. And so I was running to his, but he ran around and got back on his at the, at the same time. And then I turned to go to this one and then another guy came out of nowhere. And so I, I was literally stopped in my tracks. And so I got, I got through the rest of the battleground pretty fast. And I, uh, Kyle ended up beating me by a couple seconds on that, but, uh, the events were really fun. Um, the final event was a, a, a unique one. Uh, it was kind of like a blend of uh, Fran. Uh, so we had barbell thrusters with uh, – it was like a, a bar complex. And so it went 777-555-333, um, went bar muscle up, chest to bar pull up, and then pull up, and then 21 thrusters, and then it was 555-15. And so it was a cool little mashup of uh, Fran to finish, finish it out. And uh, probably the the icing on the cake was uh, my daughter running out on the uh, floor to finish it out. That was pretty cool. So yeah, that would have been amazing, mate. And it's it's funny. Uh, I mean, those events, um, those ones sound sound awesome. But it's funny how what you touched on with with other other men now, other competitors being fathers, and you're in the 35 to 39 category. And this was yeah. 20, 2018, so just just last year when you achieved this. What do you feel it's like and what was the general feel that you got from the other dads who are competing at that level, knowing that you've got your business, you've got family, you've got relationships and your own body and peak physical performance, which I know all about in terms of trying to stay in that top 1%. How, how, do, you, how do you manage that? How do you stay on top of that, mate? Uh, honestly, honestly, so it, it was a crazy, crazy year last year for my wife and I. Number one, uh, we had a, another daughter. So she's now 22 weeks old. Uh, we moved into a brand new house. We built our like dream home. And uh, then I went to the CrossFit Games. And so prior to um, the Open that year, I had the conversation with my wife because I knew about like everything that we were trying to do. <clears throat> and uh, like with the business and all that, I had the conversation with her first. And I said, hey, you know, you know how much time it took me to train with Kyle like back when I was getting prepped for I wasn't even going to the games and I was just helping him out and so I I kind of got permission from her because I knew how how much of a kind of a, a struggle that was with our relationship when we didn't have proper communication about it and so I said hey I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give it you know 110 percent go if I make it awesome if not hey I gave it my best shot and so we are in agreement to that and so in preparation for the open it was like that was at the top priority so it was training nutrition all that type of stuff and so going into the open that was my mindset and so I just hit it as hard as I could and you know balanced out my my schedules and things like that and I'm blessed to have an awesome team of coaches at my gym that were able to handle the load and so but yeah, getting prepared for that thing. I mean, it was a, it, it's a full-time job. 
And so um, between the online qualifier and the games last year, it was literally like, you know, wake up, eat breakfast, go to the gym, hit the first session, have a little bit of food, chill out at the gym, uh, hit another session, eat, train a class or two, and then train a little bit more after that. And then I was home and I was like done. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I got to go to sleep. And so wow. it was that repeat, that repeat, that. And then into this year, uh, I, I mean, we had the conversation. I was like, I ain't, I'm not going for it this year because I already know like what it would take. Cause now we just got done with the online qualifiers. And, uh, I mean, business wise, I'm just not prepared to train for the games and balance that. And then, it's interesting, and this is something that we talk about a lot in The Forged Father, is periodizing your year, right? And so a lot of guys want to max out on everything at the same time. So max out on their, their career, professional-wise, max out on their health, max, max out on their relationships and all this stuff. And it, it can be done, but other areas aren't going to be, you know, at the pinnacle, so to speak, right? And so mm. – um, this year, not making it to the games, I got like 50th in, in the qualifier. So I, I did my best, but I already knew coming in I wasn't prepared. Mm. Um, I put in the time. Um, but uh, I knew that going in because now the focus is family, you know, mm. business more so, and training, right? So but yeah. it was interesting, uh, you know, having that conversation with the, the rest of the, you know, competitors. I'd, I'd say um, there's just a couple that were – that didn't have kids yet. But for the most part, a lot of them, we were having those same conversations like, dude, how did you get it done, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's unreal, isn't it? And, um, and you know, it's, it's funny when you touch on that uh, maxing out because one of, one of my best mates told me, um, one thing once he said, uh, yeah, your family, your career and your yourself or your body or physical performance, and I remember saying, there's only two of them. You'll only ever be able to do two of them really, really well at the cost of the other one. And it's it's so true, man. It's a really hard thing to juggle. And, and that's okay. You don't, you don't have yeah. to always, I feel you don't have to always have balance in your life to have a balanced life. But there must be some some repercussions or a carryover effect after going to the games. Like, does it drain you, man? Because I know for me mentally, even after just doing regionals, like it took me months to recover in certain elements oh, of my life. Like, yeah. did you feel that as well? Oh yeah. Like even when I, like just leading up to, I remember we were about two weeks out and, uh, I mean, I had multiple training partners and my training partners, they were complaining to me. They're like, dude, I, I don't know if I can go today. And I'm like, Hey man, I feel you. If, if you can't be here, that's cool. But yeah, I was starting to get pretty run down and it, it, it gets pretty brutal here in, in Nebraska during the summer. Like it, it's like, 90s hundreds like humidity and so working out training on top of that like I literally uh before the games a, a good month before the games I took myself out of the gym and I was basically just kind of running operations behind the scenes and so it was good to have my coaches in there but at the same time I knew you know the gym culture the community it was it was going down a little bit because I was being selfish I mean I was getting ready for the for the CrossFit games and then afterwards, it was just like, yeah, man, I mean, you're spent um, training-wise. It's just, you know, now on, on the bottom of the, of the totem pole, so to speak. And so it was like gathering up the pieces and uh, just recovering mm -hmm. in, in a lot of different areas, um, especially with like the gym and just like, 
you know, building things back up there because I neglected it for a little bit. But yeah, man, it's it's definitely an emotional roller coaster when you get back. It's just like holy shit, like that went fast, right? And so, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty amazing, man. Yeah, it makes you wonder how some of those guys back it up year after year after year. But it must be must be elements uh, like you've touched on that maybe aren't higher levels of influence in their life like maybe they don't have kids or family like the younger the younger competitors or different areas of their life are okay like i've got members at my gym who live and breathe crossfit and train it but they live at home or they like different stresses and pressures in their life aren't there maybe maybe that's how people can back it up because yeah it must must uh take its toll and and be be tough mate but let's uh let's uh and thanks for sharing that travis that's that's an yeah. awesome uh, intro into into this podcast because i know like i said i've got a lot of people listening who are crossfitters and they uh will definitely or should definitely look you up and uh and see more of your story but i've just got some notes here as well that you sent me mate talk to me about um before we dive into forged fathers which is your your amazing online movement mate and helping dads talk to me about uh a bit about your childhood and the principles and values that it seems like your father's instilled into you with hard work and that sort of stuff yeah so I, I was an athlete, you know, basically coming out of the womb, like I was destined to be an athlete. So, um, but I got involved in football, baseball, early on wrestling. And wrestling was really kind of the sport that I fell in love with. But I wasn't the – I was good, but I excelled at football and baseball. I, I continued on and played football in college, uh, played baseball for a couple of years in college, and then stuck it, stuck it out with football and then – tried to get into the NFL, had that dream of getting into the NFL. I uh, had the, had the, had the speed and the talent, just not the size, man. I'm like five, seven, 165 pounds back then. Um, so, but either way, like growing up, being involved in wrestling, wrestling taught me a lot of lessons. And my, and my dad was like the one that like really pushed me into wrestling. And uh, the lessons that I got from that were just earn it, right? Like you want it, earn it. It's like you going out on the mat. It's going to be you against the other guy who put in more work, who wants it more, right? And so that taught me a lot of lessons about just getting yourself prepared physically, but also mentally. And that was honestly where I was lacking the most was I didn't have self-belief in myself. Like I had put in hours and hours and hours of time of training like that. There was very few guys that I ever wrestled in high school that I can remember that outpowered me or even outconditioned me. It was more so like I didn't have the belief in myself to beat them. And so I, I would literally walk onto the mat already defeated, right? And that's something that you mentioned. I, uh, I remember before we hit record, like you help men break that, you know, you know, get the belief in themselves. And so I was really fortunate to go through that early because that taught me the lesson. Like you, if you want to do something big, if you want to do something that's going to have impact, you have to believe in yourself first. Right. And so I learned many lessons from wrestling. Um, one being the mental side, but then number two, the physical side, just, you know, keep yourself healthy, push yourself. And, and I remember doing push ups before bed, like since the fourth grade, I don't do it anymore, but I used to just be, relentless with that like 100 push-ups a night boom got to crank them out i would go run hill sprints i remember like summertime in high school my friends i remember this one time they they knew where i'd go to run sprints and so they'd want to go to the pool and so they know i'd be at the at the 
you know, football field running sprints. And so they'd pull up in the parking lot and then go against the fence and like shake the fence and be like, dude, get done with your sprints. We got to go to the pool. And so I was just, uh, I loved it. I loved it. I didn't look at it as a chore. It was just a part of like who I was. I wanted to go and just be active and train. And so that was a part of me like growing up and then uh, getting into college, I played football and then uh, played a little bit of arena football, but that that's what really got me into the training side of things because I was like, you know, I had to come to the harsh reality of like, Hey man, you're probably not going to get paid to play football for the rest of your life. Right. And so I was like, I want to go on the other side of the coin here and I want to start training athletes uh, to get them prepared for the higher level. And so that's who I originally started training in my gym. So I started off in like a big globo type gym, um, but then ended up breaking away from that and uh, built the forged athlete. And this is the 10th year of having the fourth forged athlete. And so when I originally built that, I wanted it just to be a place for like high end, like high caliber athletes and just the badasses, like the, the Navy seals and you know, the, just the bad mofos. Little did I know at that time, that's like the zero, you know, point zero zero one percent of people, and you're probably not going to be able to pay the bills, you know, trying to go after those people. And um, so, really started to build up, build up my clientele, and what I got most fulfillment out of, and I'm sure this is, you know, similar to you, is watching somebody come into the gym that isn't that point zero zero one percent, but is like. You know, just the Joe Schmo guy that maybe he's never been in shape his whole life. And just watching that person change physically but mentally too, like just becoming a whole different person. And that was like what really got me hooked. And um, it slowly over time just transformed into the movement that it is now. And after I became a dad, you know, five years ago, I was like, I, I started to relate more with the fathers that were in the program already. And so that's, that's when the forge father kind of came around. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to lead, you know, dads towards becoming better men, becoming leaders and role models. And I mean, this day and age, it's like, Jesus, like people are just letting themselves go. The dad bot is acceptable. Right. And it's like, mm. oh man, like go against that. Like yeah. you can't, you can't accept average. You can't accept mediocrity it's like rise above and beyond and that's why we were put on this earth like we were put on this earth to to grow to ascend to continue to expand and get better and we do that through you know just being a leader and a role model and you know obviously taking care of ourselves physically you know should be just a no-brainer right so absolutely being, being able to lead guys forward with that is uh you know all you know every everything right so, it's awesome. And especially what you touched on there, mate, with having everyday people and helping them rise up because that's the greatest transformation, isn't it? Yeah. The, the elite, and it's nothing against elite athletes and elitism in that respect. But it's, it's about looking at what sort of impact can we have and what sort of growth can we help within ourselves through helping others as well, mate. And, and it goes yeah. hand in hand, doesn't it? Seeing like a, a, a mom or a dad or someone do a double under for the first time or get their first pull up or all these things. Like you said, they've maybe never experienced it, which is, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, mate, isn't it? When you look at that, that side of things. And, and so you, you have, you have your gym and you've, you've got this amazing platform from which your own life experience and values have built you to be someone who lives and breathes the standards that they instill and, um, you know, help promote and push on to others. 
talk to me about Forged Father, man, coaching fathers and, and, and your movement. Talk to me about it. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that, like I mentioned, uh, you know, once I became a dad and, you know, started experiencing how life, you know, changed at that point, um, and seeing the impact that I was having on, you know, a lot of the guys that I was working with, knowing, you know, what they had gone through and, you know, the different things that they struggle with. I was like, this is who, this is who I want to lead. This is who I want to, you know, surround myself with. And, uh, yeah, man, it's turned into a great movement. Uh, uh, gosh, well, you know, obviously the, the physical side of it is, you know, a big piece of it. And, um, you know, more so like the, the mindset, like the big thing that we really push, especially when a guy first comes in is like, obviously we got to start rebuilding the body. We got to start getting active and, you know, building the foundation there and making it a part of your lifestyle. Cause a lot of times we got guys that are coming in that, you know, maybe they were never an athlete in the past or, you know, they just weren't, you know, somebody who just went to work out because that's what they like to do. And that's the whole like mental shift that we go through first is like, who do you need to become to become this best leader and role model for your family right now? Cause the guy that you are right now, that's not the guy that you want to be. Right. And so it's, it's oftentimes, you know, facing that harsh reality of what is, you know, in the here and now and, you know, owning up to that truth, you know, and then, taking full on 110% responsibility in who it is you are and what, who you need to become. That's like the first step, right? So, um, there's an actual identity of what the forge father is. And it's interesting that this right here is like our codes, right? And so it used to be the forge warrior before, and then it morphed into the forge father. And so these codes right here, these, these codes like help, you know, um, mold who we, who we are, that, that those codes mold the identity. So it's like massive action, take massive action daily, you know, discipline over motivation, live with integrity, you know, own up, be the cause, not the effect. And so what's most fulfilling with this man. And what, what gets me freaking jacked is like the guys that are in the group right now, like we got, uh, right around 60 guys in there right now. And it's just, it's, it's so much bigger than just, Hey, here's your workout. Here's your nutrition. It's like, we all move kind of as one and you start seeing the changes that, you know, guys go through, you start seeing the accomplishes accomplishments that they have outside of their life. Um, you know, with things that they wouldn't have ever done before. Like, um, we actually got a uh, Spartan race that a bunch of us did last year together, which was really, really cool. We actually had a guy fly out from Australia. We had a guy uh, fly out from Ireland to meet up with, you know, the local guys to run this Spartan race out in Colorado. And for some of those guys, like you think about it, it's like a nine mile race. It took, it took me almost three hours to run it. Mm. And for some of these guys, they, you know, when they first sign up that there's no way they're going to do that. Right. But then it's like we talked about, like building that belief in oneself and then starting to make the changes physically. Um, I used to joke about this with all my uh, younger athletes in the gym. Like I, I still have young athletes that come in uh, to the gym and train, uh, wrestlers in particular. But it's like a kid will come in and he's almost like a baby deer when he first comes in. He's like, you know, wobbly. But then he starts building his strength. And he starts talking more. 
he's got more confidence and he's got this swagger about him. Right. And so it's funny. I used to joke about that with my younger athletes and I'd be like, what's this new swagger you got going on, man. <laughs> and then now we joke about it uh, in the group with, with the fathers. It's like, yo, Joe's got his swagger. Like, uh, and, and I make the guys check in live in the group. And that's another thing. It's like a guy's first check in is just like mumbly, very quiet, very short, and to the point it's not very deep. Yeah. You know, fast forward a month, two months ahead of time, and it's like now he's getting it. He's getting He's digging below the surface, and we're seeing these changes in confidence and, you know, just, you know, being the leader and the role model, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. cool. That is, that's awesome, mate. And yeah. with, with getting the fathers and, and getting them um, initiated into moving forward and changing their life, what have you found is the biggest roadblock that they've put up themselves that's stopping them from getting that, that result or that reward or, or becoming who it is they truly can become? I, I, I still believe it, 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 it always comes back to us, right? Because these are things that I still deal with, you know, from time to time. It's like just that disbelief in yourself, whether it be something that externally triggers you or, you know, something happens that's out of your control that just makes you, you know, think twice, oh, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Or like, am I good enough to be doing this? And that's when, you know, these codes, you got to be living by these codes every single day and pushing forward and just, you know, being that guy that you say you want to be and, you know, sticking to it, you know, taking, you know, committing to the process. And that's another thing that we always talk about is like, it's not a two week journey. It's not a 20 week journey. Um, it's not a two year journey. It's a freaking forever project. Right. And so one of the guys in my, uh, in my father's group, he actually coined that term. He, he came up with that term inside the program is like, um, he was a part of the initial beta group that I brought on a couple years ago. And after that first year, all of them were still there. And he's like, this is the forever project. Like it don't end, you know? And so awesome. I think one of the biggest roadblocks is just, um, you know, um, retaining that, that, that belief in oneself. Mm. And I think uh, the best way that a guy can get through that is number one, expect it to be hard expect it to take a long time right and so when those expectations are you know specifically set up from the get-go when they hit those points of doubt you know self-doubt or of failure or whatever they understand it's a part of the process right and so they just keep on pushing forward versus you know the old the old selves or you know the old person they run into that first sign of resistance or whatever there's that self-doubt coming in again. There's those stories and it's all rooting from self, right? And so the biggest barrier, man, it's not the workouts. It's not the nutrition. It's, it's the person, right? It's, it's the, it's the self, right? And so, um, and I'm, I'm sure as what, with what you're building as well, um, that's what we're trying to create is, is the, the connection is the community for these men to be a part of. And so they don't fall off out of the circle because we know that's that's where you know they lose so keeping them in intact in that because even even myself like that's what i need that's what i need even making it to the crossway games there's no freaking way there's no way i make it to the games on my own right like there's no way i get there doing the workouts on my own coming up with my own workouts like and that's an interesting point right there is like this last year 
well, the year that I made it to the games was the first year that I said, you know what? I'm going to pay somebody else to write my workouts, right? And I remember telling my guys that inside the group, like I was, you know, doing like a revelation in there. I was like, guys, you know, it's such a, a stress relief taking that off my shoulders because now I know what they were going through. Like they're trying to come up with their own workouts. Well, guess what? You show up to the gym and now you're second guessing shit. And you're changing it and you don't stick to it. There's no accountability. Right. And so last year, uh, well, I, I had been working with a nutrition coach for years. Um, him and I kind of got started at the same time in the online game. And so he was kind of my coach to keep me accountable. And so I had him, I had a nutrition coach, I had a, uh, you know, a coach right in my workouts. And then of course we, we have a business coach, right? And so there's no way I'd be where I am today without my team. Right. And so, um, something that we talk about in the forest father are elite relationships, right? Like your relation, like you are where you are right now because of a lot of the elite relationships that you've built over time, people that have helped, you know, push you forward, have nudged you forward, have shown you the way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, like, here I am, you know, CrossFit Games athlete. And shoot, if you look at it, any of those top athletes, they all have coaches. They all have teams. Like, they're not doing that shit on their own. And I think that's a common misconception is guys think that they need to do it on their own, right? No, Because it's weak. It's weak if I get help. It's weak if I get a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm just throwing money away. I'm throwing money away when I can do it on my own. It's like, okay, that's fine. But you're paying for speed, right? You're paying for you know, leverage and pressure, right? So a lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about there. Uh, definitely. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's spot on, mate, because people look at that and it's so funny when you've got people who are already high performers, like the, the top in their field, they're investing in coaches and teams and whatnot and people who need to raise their standards and will always be our own, uh, our biggest limiting factor, like you touched on. And people who aren't even up, they haven't even got the runs on the board to be up near that 1%. The everyday, the everyday athlete, so to speak, they're not yeah. even investing in that. And it's funny when you look at the, the high performance who can already get the job done 99% of the time they're doing that, but these the, you know, other people in general aren't investing in themselves and their health. And because we'll always be our biggest limiting factor, what that means is we're not going to invest. We're not going to put ourselves in an environment. We're not going to be in a position where we have someone who can guide us, structure us, other like-minded people, and all these different things play a role. And eventually people tend to settle for this lackluster or low level way of, of being, or even mentally um, their beliefs, you know, they can, they can train and eat well and this, that and the other, but we can all be better, can't we mate? And that's, that's the really big thing that comes into coaching the environment, the team and things that you touched on. It's, it's a must mate. Like I couldn't see it any other way um, in those different areas of your life. Like I said, business, um, nutrition or wellness and uh, having, having that right environment of, of like-minded people, especially with fathers. And like you said, with, with men breaking that misconception of it's weak or I go it alone. I, I don't believe in self-made mate, to be honest, because no, no everyone's, way. everyone's had their ass wiped at some stage of their life, haven't they? Yeah. You know, you don't come out of the womb walking. Uh, so yeah. regardless of, of how much yeah. time you spent alone, there, there's definitely a period of yeah. uh, having other people help you. Shape yeah. yeah. I'll add into that. Like, the self-made, that was me. That was me years ago when I first left the gym, um, left the Globo gym and started my own. 
like I initially got started with the coach and that's what pushed me out of the gym. And then once I got to that point, I was like, all right, cool. I'll be a lone wolf. I know it all. Like I was young and I thought I had all the knowledge you needed. I thought I had everything I needed to, you know, grow and just blow this gym up and all this stuff. And I just found myself stuck and I was just kind of going around in circles, going around in circles, going around in circles. And it wasn't until I was like, all right, okay, I need help. Right. Like I'm done being a lone wolf. Let's, let's see what a little bit of assistance can do again. you right. And then that, that, that was the start to, you know, multiple groups. Like I've been a part of so many masterminds and I can't even tell you, you know, how much money I've invested back into myself to, you know, create, like I said, create that leverage, create that pressure, but also, you know, force growth. Right. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting because every time I've put more money into myself, it's come back like via growth and, you know, me being able to have more impact on people. Right. So. Yeah. It's awesome, mate. That's good. Well, um, mate, a couple of, it's, it's been awesome having you on here, Travis and appreciate your time, mate, but uh, yeah. just a couple more things to, to finish with, mate, as I'm sure the guys would like to know. The first one is uh, food, mate. What's your favorite meal or cheat meal or, or favorite splurge that you, you like to Ooh. indulge in? You know, I'm a creature of habit. And actually one of my favorite meals is it's a pretty healthy meal. Like it's usually my dinner. It is a cup and a half of white rice. So I cook, I steam that up, but I get this thing. It's like, it's actually a sprouted grains. Like it's supposed to be a pizza crust, right? So you're supposed to make a pizza out of it, mm. but I always fold it in half. And so if you can imagine like a huge like burrito type thing, mm. so I'll take that, I'll cook that in coconut oil. So I'll melt some coconut oil in a big pan and I'll kind of brown it on each side. And, it, it, and there's just this certain taste that the coconut oil gives it is phenomenal. And so I'll have that and then uh, I'll take the rice. I'll mix up some uh, mixed greens, some kale, spinach, stuff like that into the rice. I'll chop up some uh, uh, either – my go-to is either chicken. I'll chop some chicken up in there, throw it in there, or – um, I'll cook up some, uh, bison, ground bison. I'll throw that in the rice. I'll mix it all up. And then I make kind of like a big ass burrito out of it. And so I'll, I'll top it with something, whatever I'm feeling like some hot sauce or mustard or, you know, guacamole sometimes, but that's like my go-to meal. I can eat that every single night. There's like different combinations, but beyond that, um, my wife and I <laughs> funny, like it, I think it was almost a year streak where every single Friday uh, as I'd come home from the gym, because I would train Friday evenings at my gym, I would stop by a cheesecake factory, right? <laughs> I'd get us, we'd get a couple slices of cheesecake. I would get, and I'd still get the salad and people are like, oh, that's still healthy. But I would douse that thing in their ranch mm. and uh, I'd get the sweet potato fries put the sweet potato fries in the salad, mix that up. And it was just phenomenal. And then I'd, I'd eat my cheesecake and I'd usually eat the rest of my wife's cheesecake because she only eat like half of it. So I'd eat that, but that's amazing. That's my go-to man. I love yeah. it. Oh, cheesecake factory. Jeez, their portion sizes. It's unreal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The that salad with like the ranch is somewhere around like 2,500 calories. <laughs> or I think the meal as a whole you're looking at like 2,500 calories. Three, salad. Three, three, salad. Like three, so. Unbelievable. Great. 
That's unreal. That's awesome, mate. Um, and finally, mate, just everything up until now, your entire life, all your experience, how, how have you transferred that into fatherhood and those three, three little girls of yours from being, being the father of them and, and raising them up? Uh, I guess one of the big things that I think about is like, they're watching me all the time, right? Like even, and this, this was a big eye, eye opener when my oldest daughter was younger. We hadn't had our second or third yet. And I was like still in like hustle mode. I was like, I got to build this stuff and I'm trying to do all this stuff on the phone. Right. And, uh, I remember my daughter was like, daddy, uh, are you working again? And that was like, just, and so I'm like, all right, they're constantly, they're watching me. I, and it's about being the role model, the leader. Right. And so just leading by doing right. And if I'm going to tell them to do something, if I'm going to tell them to eat healthy or something like that, then I bet I, I damn well better be doing it myself. Right. And so, um, uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken from it is just be the best man I can be and lead by example. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's awesome, mate. And yeah, you can't, you can't fault that, you know, leading, leading by example, because it's people tend to forget and they think that, um, parenting or, or influence over others comes straight down to language and the words we use. That's like maybe I think seven or 13%. I remember seeing some stats on it. It's your body language, your charisma, your presence, your actions, the energy that you portray, and um, more importantly, day in, day out, the actions that you're doing by leading by example. So that's, uh, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, look, thanks again for jumping on our, yeah. uh, our podcast today, mate. Really appreciate your time. And look, guys, yeah. I hope you had an awesome, awesome experience as well, getting to hang yeah. out with, with Travis, um, World Games, CrossFit Games athlete, father of three, business owner, and forged father um forge fathers online coaching group u.s based yep we're based in in the u.s and uh interesting enough though we got we got guys from we got a couple guys from australia actually um a couple guys from ireland uh there's a guy from there's a whole handful of guys from the uk um yeah i mean all over the place man so it's it's pretty cool and um as you know, it's just pretty damn awesome to be able to connect with so many different people and, you know, help have a, have a little bit of a, uh, of a, you know, help in their life, you know, changing their life, pushing it in the right direction. So. Absolutely. That's unreal, mate. Doing, doing great things. Thanks. Thanks again for your time. And thanks again, guys, for tuning in and we will see you next time on the real dad movement podcast. Appreciate your time as always. And if we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thanks, guys. Cheers.